It's time for Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. Presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for free made-from-scratch food, signature 29-degree draft beers, and all the scenic views. I'm just going to pause while you start drooling. And brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Now your host of the show, Josh Swanson. Love is in the air, my friends. Cupid's arrow has done struck the media in Fargo right in their arse as they have this infatuation and obsession with South Dakota State this week, and it makes me absolutely nauseous. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, I don't get it. The Jacks, who have won twice in the Fargo Dome in the last, you know, 15 years, are the favorite, apparently, according to, to the, the folks in the local media, my friends at Forum Communications who do the picks. Hey, shout out to Eric Peterson, the only dude picking the bison. This love affair that some people have in this community with the Jacks and they're fawning over them. They're this greatest thing in FCS and oh, the Bison. Oh, they're not up for the test today at the Fargo Dome. Let me tell you something about that, folks. This Bison coaching staff, the players, the dudes in that locker room up on 19th Avenue North, how do you think they've been feeling all week here in about how the Jacks are going to come into their building this afternoon and give them the business. I don't think it sits well. And yeah, we had a rough one last week. Got the dub, got the win, 31-26 at Indiana State. Three to- three turnovers will keep another team in the football game. The Bison overlooked the Sycamores. I overlooked the Sycamores. How else does Indiana State in, stay in that football game? Those fumbles, the lapses, that is not going to happen today. There is no way in John Stigemeyer's beard that North Dakota State is going to sleepwalk against the Jacks. And here's why I'm bullish, not just because I'm a homer, we're going to have a segue. We're going to have Adam Jones, founder of the Dakota Marker, former roommate of the Swanee Bros. He's joining us in about uh, 10 minutes or so. And at 8.30, my brother-in-law, Jeff Heggie, who played football for South Dakota State and hates the Bison. That dude hates NDSU. All Jackrabbit fans do. Be nice. Be nice to him at tailgating because they are. It's fun to get those guys up here. There was a really good story on ESPN.com. Uh, uh, Marty McGee, Ryan McGee, not Marty McGee. He does Marty and McGee's the show they do on ESPN and on SEC Network. Ryan McGee did a really nice feature about the Dakota marker. I've got some photos from that up on Twitter. You see a Jacks fan at tailgating. They have to go through life being a Jacks fan and having went to school in Brookings. So if you see them in the west lots of the Dome, offer them a beverage and Behave, be welcoming, be friendly. But 
I'm bullish on North Dakota State today. I keep hearing about South Dakota State. Oh, Gronowski, the last time he came in here when the dome was empty during COVID, he laid us up. And Isaiah Davis is going to rush for 4,000 yards against the Bison. Blah, blah, blah. SDSU's juggernaut defense. Tale of the tape, friends. South Dakota State nationally. They're ranked 85th in pass offense. They're ranked 39th in rush offense. They're ranked 52nd in scoring offense. The Jacks are putting up 27 points a game. North Dakota State's putting up 37 points per game. You want to be critical of Tyler Roll and the Bison offense? They're putting up a 10 spot more than Stig's Bunnies. All right? 43rd in pass efficiency is this Jacks offense. 43rd in third down conversion. North Dakota State, number three in the country in rushing offense. Number 18, top 20 in the country in scoring offense. Number nine in the country on third down conversions. Look, North Dakota State's going to need to play well today. If South Dakota State wants to come into the Dome and beat the Bison, they're going to need to play well. But the folks in the Fargo media thinking that SDSU is going to come in there with those numbers offensively and that somehow Code Green is just going to roll over and play dead, I don't know where that's coming from. There were some missed assignments last week again. That big 80, 82-yard touchdown run that Indiana State popped. And yeah, they ran the ball. And yeah, we all know that NDSU is allowing 148 yards per game rushing. The Bison rush defense, 59th in the country. South Dakota State's, by comparison, is third. I think today, finally, some things start to come together. You got some young dudes who have been playing up front for the Bison, who have acquitted themselves fairly well. You got Dom Jones that's playing a lot of slot corner, playing some linebacker. I think NDSU comes out guns uh, blazing. I don't think they miss tackles. I don't think you're going to see Davis Gash and the Bison left and right. I think you're going to see is Craig Bowl would used to say a whale of a football game, like a twenty to seventeen kind of football game. And for as much talk as there's been about Mark Gronowski, the quarterback at South Dakota State, Cam Miller, on paper anyway, through six games, that's a good sample size. That's not a one-game aberration. That's not a fluke. Through three Missouri Valley football games and six games total for each team, Miller is completing... 69.1% of his passes. Gronowski's at 59%. As far as pass efficiency, the Bison are 19th in the country. The Jacks are 43rd. Cam Miller played a pretty doggone good football game against Indiana State. 21-27 for 210. A touchdown. In that fourth quarter, it's third and 21 or whatever it was for North Dakota State, up by less than a score. They needed to move the sticks, and boy, did he make a pass to Zach Mathis where only Zach Mathis could catch the ball, converted it for the first down, and then a third and goal from, what was it, the eight? Eight Eight-yard line, nine-yard line? Dials up Mathis, 
Mathis puts the move on the Indiana State defender for a touchdown. Keep an eye on that today. Zach Mathis is starting to come into his own a little bit and emerging as that go-to dude for North Dakota State. Six catches last week helped him get out of Terre Haute with a win. I think we see some Cole Payton today. Hunter Lupke, that's going to be a story, right? Whichever offense can do a better job, this game's going to come down to what it always does between these teams. You can talk about this porous buys and rush defense in this Valley Hood, South Dakota State front seven. This game is going to come down to which team offensively does a better job taking care of the football and not turning it over. Which team can convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns and which team does a better job running the football. The names change, but the game stays the same. A lot of great players on both sides have come through this Dakota marker rivalry, but year after year after year, the two statistics that jump out and credit to a, Mike McFeely for crediting Jeff Colhane with this tasty nugget. The Bison are something like 10 and 0 against the Jacks in the Dakota Marker series, maybe maybe even 11 and 0 or 11 and 1 when they rush the ball for 170 yards. That's the magic number. Historically, if the Bison can hit 170 yards on the ground, they've won this game. In the 18 matchups, Craig Haley at Stat FCS, an FCS guru, he tweeted this week in these 18 Dakota Marker matchups, the team that has won the battle with respect to time of possession has won every single football game. The Dakota Marker right now is being featured, well, it will be featured coming up, I think it said 915. On uh, game day, they just had it on the bottom scroll, so they must be uh, airing the footage from Ryan McGee, who was up in Fargo and Brookings doing that feature I had referenced earlier. Looks like, uh see, be 10 o'clock, so 9, 9.15 Central Time. That'll be on this morning, it looks like, so uh, keep keep an eye open for that. I don't see South Dakota State coming in here and rushing all over North Dakota State. I think South Dakota State's run defense is very, very good, but... I think we see some variation and trickeration from North Dakota State today. I think we see some Cole Payton. I think we see some Cole Payton stuff we haven't seen all year. I think we see the man, the beast, number 44, Hunter Lubke. How about Tameric Williams with a big game? Running the ball for a buck 45 and three scores against Indiana State. You don't think Lepke and Tamarick Williams and Kobe Johnson and the guys in the NDSU running back room haven't heard enough this week about Isaiah Davis? It's going to be an old-fashioned football game today. And a good one. I don't see either one of these teams blowing the other one out. Both teams are too well coached. And for as much as I rip on the sheriff, Johnny Ateev, Stigamai, Coach Stig's a heck of a football coach. They're the number two team in the country for a reason. 
a national championship has eluded him. But in the FCS landscape, without James Madison or every other team, Kennesaw State, who are they? Who in the world is Kennesaw State? They're jumping FBS. The FCS, it's North Dakota State, it's South Dakota State, and it's everybody else. And that's what the Dakota marker is all about today. Coming up after the break, we are going to have the founder, the father of the Dakota marker, Adam Jones, joining us on Heard It Here with Swanee, presented by Twin Peaks, Peterman Seeds, a Holly and Smith, Motors and Wapiton. Stick around. These are the mornings of what college football is all about when ESPN College Game Day is rolling a feature on the Dakota Markler rivalry, calling it one of the best rivalries, one of the grittiest rivalries in college football. You know you've created something special, and that all traces back to our guest on the line right now, Adam Jones, the founder of the Dakota Marker. Jonesy, how you doing this morning, brother? Uh, beautiful crisp morning in Fargo, Swan. Happy to uh, be on with you. Yeah, did you think when uh, we were living at 901 College Street, you were president of uh, NDSU Blue Key at the time, you came up with the idea of the marker. In your wildest dreams, here we are again a couple of years ago, game day was in Brookings for this game. And now game day is talking about it again, one versus two. The media in the area have certainly changed their tune about the story, but in your wildest dreams, and you're a big college football guy. You love, love college football. What is it like to know something that was your brainchild is this big of a deal right now in college football? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's just no way you could have anticipated, you know, the, the direction that this rivalry and the trophy has gone. Um, it's, it's something else. You know, as you said, game day was just really surreal. Um, to see this matchup played there, and and that has been documented. You know, this was this rivalry was not much of a rivalry for you know the better part of probably thirty forty years, and and you know I think it's really a testament to the to the schools, both of them, you know, really putting putting money towards football and a commitment towards football, and and the competitive competitiveness uh, of the games, and and clearly there's been you know a lot of buy-in from the schools, from the athletes, and and from the students. And the communities as well. For our listeners out there that that aren't as familiar with the uh, the origin story of the Dakota Marker, you're sitting at the basement of 901 College Street one day in the uh, winter of 2004. Walk us through how you, where did that idea come from, and how did it evolve in your mind? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously, our it was clear at that point that um, the nickel trophy with it with UND. Um, was was going to be going away at least for a while, um, and that was uh, something. As uh, Blue Key at NDSU, we were stewards of that trophy, um, and really felt um, a calling um, as a leader of that organization to kind of find that next step for us to ensure that that our students, that our community, that our school had had something to look forward to, had the game on the calendar that we really got pumped up about, um, and so we had obviously SDSU moving up with us to Division One, and it seemed. You know, we had, you know, at that point, almost 100 uh, matchups between us, and it seemed really natural to try to, you know, find something that could be special. And so I started, you know, researching um, the histories of, uh, of the two states, trying to find something, you know, that, that, you know, didn't seem just, you know, that didn't fit. Um, and then obviously in, in researching that, found these, you know, beautiful 
quartzite monuments along the border. And I mean, at that point it was done. There was no need to look any further and we just had to find a way to make it happen. Adam Jones, the founder and father of the Dakota Marker Trophy NDSU grad and alum joining us on Herded here with Swanee. I think one of the, the misconceptions that was, I don't know if it's still out there, Jones, but you know, I remember some folks thought it might have been uh, at least initially something that the, the athletic departments and Gene Taylor and his counterpart at SDSU came up with. But I remember when uh, at Blue Key, when, when we approached Gene about it, it was, it was this, you guys need to lead the process. We'll support you. We'll do whatever you need us to do. But this is student-driven. And, and kind of talk about uh, Gene Taylor's role and, and, and uh, Craig Bull, the head coach's role with the trophy in that, uh, those initial days. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, to say it was 100% student-led is 100% the absolute truth. You know, from an administration standpoint, they were supportive. But I had a good uh, relationship with Gene Taylor through a number of uh, initiatives with athletics through various uh, leadership positions I had on campus. And, you know, I basically called Gene up and said, Gene, we're going to do this. <laughs> it was not a asking permission kind of a thing. And and Gene, you know, just the visionary, you know, leader that he is and was, um, was, was very supportive and just kind of said, hey, you guys let us know what you need and, and make it happen. And we contacted um, the Student Association at, at SDSU, um, and they got on board. And, um, you know, the biggest contribution I think they made, um, because, you know, Blue Key and SDSU Student Association paid for the trophy. It was all us. We, we did a, we did the design, all those things. Um, but but they found um, an alum uh, that was in the team makers organization that had some land um, on the border where we were able to have that uh, kind of opening press conference to reveal it, where they had one of the original markers. Um, and we went down there with Pat Simmers to kind of check it out and set up the press conference. So, um, you know, Gene and, and President Chapman, you know, they were all very supportive. But, you know, it was certainly from a, hey, let us know what you need to do role. It was certainly the students that drove it. You think of some of those names, you know, whether it's a Gene Taylor, a Craig Bowl, a Chris Kleiman, you know, of course, Matt Entz now, Kyle Emanuel, Carson Wentz, Brock Jetson, Easton Stick, et cetera, et cetera. And on the other side for South Dakota State, you know the Zach Zenners, the Dallas Goddards, the uh, the one receiver they had. Uh, I can't, I can't. I'm blanking on his name right now. That have gone through this game. Both schools, some of their best players in their history, have made big plays in this game. And and what's so? And, and I might be wrong on this, Jones, but uh, you're a college football referee, so a lot of Saturdays you're not able to go to Bison games because you're refing college football games. Is this going to be your first Dakota Marker game at the Dome? No, this won't be my first, but it's going to be my first since, I believe, uh, 2016. Yeah, as you said, I, I officiate in the Northern Sun Conference, and so most Saturdays in my in the fall are dedicated to that, but was able to make it work so I could um, get to this game. And I'm really excited to, to get out there. And as you said, you know, so many great players have come through this, and, and obviously we're going to have some great players on the field today on, on both sides. And, and, you know, seeing some of the quotes from, from the article uh, that you referenced earlier, um, you know, talking uh, with Carson Wentz about how much this meant to him and, and seeing some of the, you know, uh, quotes from, from Tyler Roll. And, and it's just clear that, you know, to the players, certainly, you know, this means so much. There's what, what, what gets me about this game, the, the level of respect I think the two universities have for each other, but just because of the familiarity and how good these programs have been, NDSU is, if, but for NDSU, if it wasn't for the Bison, 
John Stigemeyer would probably have three or four national championships. <laughs> so the Bison have just been the thorn in the Jack's side. And and I, I during uh, Maverick's birthday last week, my father-in-law. They live in Watertown. My brother-in-law played for South Dakota State, and and they think all Bison fans are just kind of loudmouth Bison fans like me. But you know, to see what this rivalry has grown into, where if if you would have said back in two thousand four, this will be the rivalry in Surplant NDSU's rivalry with UND. I don't know if a lot of folks would have believed that, but here we are. This is an intense football game. Yeah, certainly, I I, I would agree, and and I don't think from my perspective, you know, there was always hope that. You know, we play UND again, and obviously we are now, but I, I don't think there's anyone that, that, at least from the NDSU side, that's saying at this point at least that, you know, that's that's the game that they're circling on the calendar. This certainly seems to be the one. And, and as you reference, Wani, I just want to make sure that everyone is aware that SDSU does have zero national championships in football. So we, <laughs> we want to make that clear um, and, and known to all the fans out there. One of my favorite Dakota Marker memories, Jones, was uh, three years ago when game college game day was in Brookings. It, it was their their moment on the primetime stage. And fourth and one from their own 29, Matt Ensign, his first year, decides to go for it. And and Adam Cofield rips off a 71-yard touchdown run that just tore the hearts out of them. And just to see that, I was down there in Brookings that day, to see the stadium and hear the stadium go that quiet. So what's, what's one of your, uh, outside of that, of course, one of your uh, maybe favorite Dakota Marker memories? Oh well, you're going to have to help me with this one because you're the you're the history buff. But I, it was one of the early games. I want to say 2006 or so was it, uh, and and that was a back and forth contest. And I was actually living out in New Hampshire watching it on a feed that I don't even think had audio. Um, but but just a back and forth contest, and and that was when you know it was the early days of Division One, and, and back in those days, um, you know, sellouts at the Fargo Dome were were not. They, they didn't happen other than the UND game um, when, the, when that happened, when they came to town. And that game was sold out. And to see, you know, within a couple of years, um, you know, that the people, like I said, had circled this on the calendar and, 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 you know, showed up to the game. And it wasn't, you know, in front of 10,000 fans. It was in front of 18,000 fans. And, and just back and forth football game. That was when you kind of knew, like, okay, we got something here. That would have been the November eighteenth, two thousand six game, back and forth. Nineteen, one of the 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 highest attended games in dome history. Nineteen thousand fifty three. Yeah. It was back and wow. forth, back and forth, and then with about six minutes left in the contest, Travis White has the eighty four yard punt return for a touchdown, and and just sent the dome into. That's youth. what I was going to say, Travis White. Yeah. T White had the big touchdown, and SDSU had won the first two Dakota Marker games, and that was for a Great West Championship. Uh, that particular game, so that one stands out. And as we as we wrap up here, Adam Jones with uh, Hobbs. Make sure I get it right here. Hobbs and Horn tailgating is Hobbs yes, and Horns. Hobbs and Horns. Yeah, we're going to be out there today, right right by the south end of the uh, dome. And um, I'm I'm really excited, you know, to to be able to get back and, and see one of these games and tailgate and and you know, as you said, hopefully share a couple beverages with the SDSU fans uh, before things get too uh, intense later in the day. How, how do you see? You're a football guy. You're you're a huge college football fan. Of course, you ref college football. But in a game like this, how do you see this afternoon playing out? What what uh, what decides the game in your mind? Yeah, I think you you kind of referenced it earlier. It's really you know ter- limiting turnovers. Whoever wins that turnover battle, I think has the best chance of winning. And 
Um, you know, with NDSU, that, that great stat about if they can get over 170 yards, you know, they, they should be in, in good shape. Um, but but I think the turnover battle ultimately is what it comes down to. If they can hold on to the ball um, and, and grind some clock, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game either way. Um, but but I think we win by a field goal. I think that's what uh, happens. We'll go 24-21 by them. I like it. And here's what, Jones, you're a lot more humble guy than I am because if I had invented the Dakota marker, I would not, I would, everyone in the world would know it. I wouldn't be shy about it. I'd be like a Tommy Kramer, the former Vikings quarterback who runs around with his, you know, initials on his hat and tweets yeah. like, I'm going to be at this bar. I'm going to do this. I'm going to paint a limo about myself. One of these years, you, you got to get a shirt with the marker on it and, and it has to say like the marker's daddy or marker man. And you have to have like Pat Thielen and Slindy is your hype man and just walk around tailgating, be like, yo, I invented the Dakota Mucker and and not pay for a beer, get your pictures taken. If, if I were you, that's how I'd roll. I know you're a lot more humble than that, but does that ever, when, when you're at tailgating, just a real quick here, when you, when you see, you know, tens of thousands of people show up, all those South Dakota State fans, and you know, and you see those SDSU fans and they're at your tailgate or having a beverage, doing a shot ski, are you ever tempted to say, you're welcome? <laughs> You're welcome. You know, well, I mean, look, I mean, I, I appreciate it. You know, the, the kind of words there, Swan. I mean, as you know, I mean, there were so many people that that contributed and, and helped along the way, and so many, you know. So, you know, I, I, I take a lot of pride in in, in having kind of, you know, had the spark for the idea. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think as an organization, you know, we we all take a lot of pride in that, and all the folks that were in Blue Key with us kind of, you know, look at it with with that lens, and it, it's it's great, and there's. It's it just it's it's very fulfilling to see it uh, come to where it has. So can't believe it's been 19 years, um, but but it'll be a fun day today to to see everyone celebrating. I think when the Bison win the marker, that Matt Larson and Matt Ens and NDSU Athletics and President Cook, like they do with the the players who win the Stanley Cup, they should give you a day with the marker <laughs> where you can just you know fill the bottom with whatever beverage you want to fill it with, take it around town. I'm gonna if it's all right with you, Jones, I'm gonna lobby for that. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, more than anything, like my kids have not seen it, so that that's 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 why I'm hoping for a victory today, if nothing else, so I can hopefully get a chance to have them uh, go up and see it. And um, if 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 I'm not throwing you under the bus, Swan, I believe you've uh, you you've had a chance at uh, having a beverage out of the uh, Dakota Marker at some point in your life. As I well, so. I have drinking uh, Kharkov vodka out of the bottom of that. <laughs> the the trophy itself sits on a base. There's a small hole in the bottom that holds about two and a half shots. The first night we had it, we took it to uh, an undisclosed uh, location. And I remember being sick as a dog the next day because along with the, the really cheap vodka, bits of rock came out. So you're drinking just terrible, oh terrible vodka <laughs> in parts of rock. You're literally drinking rock. So that's that's part of the origin story that didn't make it into that ESPN uh, feature that they had up yesterday. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you in the West last, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. Sorry. Adam Jones, founder and father of the Dakota Marker Trophy, former roommate of the Swan at 901 College Street. And but for Adam Jones's idea... Nearly 20 years ago, the Dakota marker would not exist. Coming up, my brother-in-law. We're going to get the other side of the rivalry tale. Jeff Heggie, former South Dakota State football player, joins us next on Heard It Here with Swanee. It is a banner day for college football in the North Country as the Dakota marker rivalry takes center stage. 
going to be featured on ESPN College Game Day in a little bit. But because it's the marker game and because you've heard me talk about this next guest a little bit, I thought it'd be fun to bring on my brother-in-law, Jeff Heggie, who was a free safety for South Dakota State back in uh, around 2006. Jeff, uh, you guys were in in Brookings for that game against USD last week. Your, uh, your Jackrabbit boys are playing some pretty good football right now. Yeah, we were. Um, was able to take in uh, some clean-looking football last week in Brookings. It was an impressive win versus a in-state rival. With South, with South Dakota, and of course, your brother, my other brother-in-law, Joe, went to having went to USD and the in-state rivalry after the Yotes had, had kind of given you guys the business the last few years, a couple Hail Marys. Uh, if there were any thoughts that SDSU was looking forward to this game, those were quickly dispelled in a 28-3 win. You, you talk about playing a clean football game, something the Bison haven't done really at all this year, but uh, what's the, 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 the uh, stir that or the the oh the stick that stirs the drink for South Dakota State the key to their success this year. You know, I uh, I would have to say it's the O line and D line. It's the trenches. You know, it's I think they got some new guys up front on the O line that have got some games under their belt and they're they're starting to gel pretty well. Um, you know, they got Isaiah Davis and Gronkowski in the backfield to help uh, pave the way. But then on the D-line, you know, they rotate eight, nine guys on that D-line. And, you know, they, there's no drop-off when a guy comes in. Um, and then that, that allows Bach and, and uh, our safeties uh, to make those plays. And that's something, uh, not, 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 not to give credit to North Dakota State for SDSU doing that, but I think that's something Coach Stig picked up over the years from these North Dakota State teams, knowing that if you're going to hang – with the Bison and get deep in the playoffs, you need some depth on those front lines, especially that defensive line, and that's that's been a strength of the, of the Jacks football team this year. You look at their defensive rankings, number six in the country in scoring defense, only giving up 12 points a game, number three in the country in rush defense, number two in the country in total defense. They're a very, very solid solid unit, and teams just have, whether it was Iowa earlier in the year or last week, USD, USD couldn't get anything going against you guys. No, I agree, and going back to your point about kind of taking that from the bison is that I think that's what uh, SDSU and NDSU share in common with their coaching staff and their philosophies is uh, they kind of play that old school football um, of trying to control that line of scrimmage, getting the ground game going, uh, hitting those big plays when they can and, and playing some solid defense behind it. And, you know, credit to the, the bison, over the years, uh, you know, there's not a lot of teams in the country that uh, find a lot of chink in their armor. And, uh, you know, that's helped the Bison to how many championships the past decade or so. But, uh, you know, luckily, the Jacks get to play them, you know, every year. And I think they've learned a little bit more every year of how to, how to defeat Goliath, in a sense. Jeff Heggie, former South Dakota State football player. That game we had just talked about back in November 2006 with Travis White's big punt return. I just pulled up the box score. You were a second on the team in tackles that day. You had six tackles against uh, the Bison that day in uh, November about 15, 16 years ago. What do, you, what do you remember about that game and some of the other Dakota marker games you played in? Well, Josh, that's funny that you bring that up. That's, uh, that's a bitter memory. 
for myself because that was my last collegiate game. Um, and that was uh, that was a battle. I remember that. And we gave up uh, that big punt return that you mentioned. But also there was a, a trick play thrown in there um, about mid-yard line. They did a double reverse pass, and that kind of that kind of hit us hard. And actually, I was I was playing alongside the Jacks now defensive coordinator Jimmy Rogers uh, in that game. And uh, so that those games, um, you know, when both of us schools made that transition to uh, the next level. Um, I think that is one of those games that kind of etched itself in, uh, hey, this is this is going to be something good for the years to come because of uh, how that game turned out. So you, you were a track dude, too, and I know, Joe, you know, your brother, my other brother-in-law did track as well. I didn't realize how fast you were until, and I'm not trying to uh, bring back a bad memory, but the play you just talked about, that double reverse, it, it ended up going to a... A buddy of mine, John Majeski, is the guy who had it, and, and he had daylight to the end zone. And from out of nowhere, this dude wearing number 28 runs him down from the backside and tackles him. And I'm thinking, boy, that guy looks a lot like Jeff. And I think this was last year when Dom Izzo posted the video from that clip. So it's out there. I can send you the, the play later today because I know I know it's online. But yeah, I, you, you chased down Majeski from the backside. Yeah, I, that's what I want to do on this Saturday is relive that memory. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, you know, it's, it's it's fun because I'm this bison guy. I go down to this SDSU household in Watertown. And we've been, you know, we've brought your parents with to a couple Dakota Marker games. And I think you and me and, and Joe and your dad and Libby have been, I think, down to the last three, maybe the last three Dakota Marker games that the teams have played in Brookings. And NDSU is one and two in those games, and I remember the one year feeling awfully good about the Bison. It was early November. I think it was Easton Sticks junior junior year because the Bison would have went undefeated his senior year, or maybe it was his sophomore year, and he just had a horrible game, had like five turnovers, and I'm pretty de- dejected. And you and I and, and your parents and Libby are walking away from the stadium, and, and you say to me something like, you know, I could really rub this in your face right now. And I said, yep. And you said, I think it looks like you need uh, one of these – a lot more instead, and you handed me a tall, a tall, cold beverage, and and we silently walked back to the uh, vehicle in the parking lot, and and maybe had one or two on the ride back to to Watertown. So it's all it's always been fun, at least on on uh, with family here. We've always had a good time with these rivalry games. Yeah, I I remember that. I know that feeling of uh, you know when you root for your team, you know year in and year out. You know, a big game comes up on the schedule, and uh, your team just doesn't show up. You know, it's not their day, and you just feel dejected as a fan and as an alumni. Um, heck, you and I are both Vikings fans. We know exactly how that goes. Live the disappointment. Yep. Yep. I know. And so at that moment, I remember, hey, I, I don't need to poke the bear right now. He's he's feeling it right now. Let's uh, let's just enjoy some you know brother-in-law time together. And we and we certainly certainly did that. Uh, I got to switch gears a little bit and talk about the the football team. I mean, what is it? You had Coach Stigemeyer as your head coach. He's still around. He's got to be one of the longest tenured coaches anywhere in college football. But what what is it about Coach Stig that uh, has has allowed him to build this program at South Dakota State? You know, with the the renovations to. Dykehouse Stadium, the indoor facility, and everything else. But uh, what is it about Coach Stig that has led to this success for the Jacks? You know, 
this is my point of view and what I got from Coach Day with my time is that he is a teacher at, at heart. Um, and, and teachers make the best coaches and vice versa. Uh, with that said, being a teacher myself, uh, you're, you're a lifetime learner. You're learning all the time. And I think that's what he has incorporated in his philosophy and his strategy of coaching is he learns from the best and he learns from his mistakes and he pushes forward. You know, he's striving for that national championship. He's got his dream job. He has mentioned time and time again, but it's, it's his perseverance. It's his consistency. It's his humility. Um, that just makes them, you know, strive to be better, uh, strive to be perfect. Jeff Hagee, former South Dakota State football player and my brother-in-law here on Heard It Here with Swanee, brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly. One, one of the things that always impresses me about South Dakota State, Jeff, is when they play the Bison, There's and it, it comes down to the, the things it always does. Who's going to take care of the football? Who's going to run the ball? But SDSU always has, for Bison fans, it drives us just batty. They always have something rolled up, rolled up their sleeve, whether it was Zach Zenner coming in here one year and all that Wildcat stuff that almost beat us, that kind of dump pass that you guys did last year for a touchdown on a fourth and one, the the big Goddard play over the middle. There's there's always – you talk about Coach Stig and evolving and, and always learning. That's what just frustrates the hell out of me is there's if – with it, with, if I'm a Bison coach, it's always what are they going to do that we haven't seen on tape and what are they going to do – that we're not prepared for because it's it's all it's always something. So what is what do you think that something is? What should Bison fans be on the lookout for today, as far as that goes? You know, um, there's a little teaser on Twitter early this week. Uh, Tucker Craft, you know, and you and I went back about if he's actually going to play or not. But I see it as something like that. You know, it's it's like a great magician. You know, they they want you to look at this stuff. They want you to worry about this stuff. And in the end, I think the Jacks might just do the plain old same stuff they've been doing. You know, and, and I think the Bison are the same way, is that you can get caught up in all those tricks and what ifs and what's going to happen or what you're not prepared for. But if you can just handle your business today, I think that's going to be the result. You're not going to be looking for a, a double reverse pass. You're not going to be looking for a, a snap between the legs tight end dump, um, I think you're just going to be, you know, chasing ghosts and, and worrying about that stuff if you should just line up and play football. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, about about five years ago, you were coaching football in Madison, South Dakota, just south of uh, Watertown, between Brookings and Watertown, and you told me about these these two brothers, these twin brothers, Jaden and, and Jackson Yonke, that played on your team and that you coached. So t- talk about, you know, watching those guys play, having you having coached them when they were in high school in Madison and, and watching them become the uh, all-conference and even one of the brothers, an All-American type player. Uh, yeah. In my time in Madison with, with Jackson and Jaden, I was able to uh, have them in class, actually. I was never able to coach them on the, on the gridiron. But they're very quiet demeanor. Um, they're very humble individuals. But at the same time, they were just some freak athletes that were dominating their competition from middle school on through high school. And you knew that these two kids were going to be special. And I remember mentioning them to you 
And I'm glad that they had a quiet demeanor. I, I'm glad that, you know, maybe the bison overlooked them and that uh, they kind of made a, a later decision to turn, you know, turn to the jackrabbits because I know they were steel. Those two boys, and I actually ran into them last week in Brookings, they're the same old kids. You know, they're, uh, they're striving to be something better. Um, and I think their mentality has really helped grow um, SDSU and, and the football squad and, the, and the, the mentality those players have now that, uh, you know, they're, they're not being just good football players. You know, they're, they're being good student athletes and, and actually great young men. So, you know, I'm proud to, proud to have a little bit of a connection to those Yankee twins there. It's a story I get to tell. And that's there's so many great players, and that's what, you know, there's a lot of respect in this rivalry. And, of course, I know that you want the Jacks to beat the Bison's brains out today, and, of course, I want the Bison to beat the Jacks' brains out. But I think there is a lot of mutual respect because there there are, are a lot of really good, just solid kids. You know, my, my, my twin brother, Justin, having been in South Dakota State, you know, Matty Einsbar and, and some of their bigger alums still maintain relationships with Justin, and they were poking fun of him. I'll send you – I know Justin's listening right now. I'll send you a picture – Jeff, uh, after the show of Justin wearing a South Dakota State hat from his time in Brookings. But I, I know a lot of the folks down there, Justin Sell, their AD is a tremendous, tremendous AD and leader, and he's done such a great job. And, you know, before one of his assistants, Leon Costello, who is his number two, is now at Montana State, another real stand-up guy. I, I've got to ask you, wrapping up here, about the offense a little bit. Jason Eck, former offensive coordinator, goes out to, to Idaho. And Zach Lujan, I don't know if you played with him. He was a quarterback for SDSU, your offensive coordinator now back in the day, wasn't he? Uh, no, I never played. Zach is uh, – I'm quite a bit older than Zach. Uh, but uh, I think he – you know, he took the reins, and I think he's uh, creating a offense that uh, fits his personnel well. Yeah. I, I think he's really grown as an offensive coordinator. And – you know, to, to follow Jason Eck, you know, that's a that's a blessing. Uh, Eck had a lot of creative design, uh, creative plays, and I think he, Zach has that in his back pocket. Maybe he'll pull something out today just uh, just to get get the bison. I know, and I watch I watch a lot of Missouri Valley football, and I think I've seen every one of SDSU's games, or at least parts of them, and. I look at the statistics, and I'm not dissing their offense. It just strikes me that you look at their pass offense, their 85th in the country, 52nd in scoring offense, the uh, the third, um, 43rd and third down conversion. But then I look at something like 34 minutes time of possession and the way that they're running the football. And it's, it seems to be a lot of what Bison fans are familiar with because I think what we were used to, and of course SDSU's had really, really good backs, you know, strong, Zenner and, and just, you know, um, boy, the, the dude who just ran over North Dakota State a couple times in the early days of the rivalry. I forget his name. He was just a dude. But I look at it and I see when you talk about um, Coach Lujan's personality, it seems to me he's a guy that wants to establish that dominance with the offensive line, control the clock. And once your team builds, a lot of what Bison fans are used to, your team builds a two-score lead in the second half like you guys did against South Dakota last week, just Keep play, keep away, and the other teams with that defense. The way that the Jacks have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the FCS. Tough to score when you don't have the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and that's another stat that was thrown out there this week is of uh, the eighteen recent games between the Bison and the Jacks. 
whichever team controls the clock has been victorious. And so that's a nice stat uh, or to keep track of today. And then there's that 170 yards rushing that Jones mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast is that, um, which makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're controlling the ball, you're, you're probably grounding and pounding it out and you're going to rack up the rushing yards and you're probably going to be victorious. So what do you got? What are your guys' plans? You and uh, Stacy and the boys, where are you watching the game today out in pier? Uh, we'll be downstairs in the basement. I got already uh, lined up this morning, bright and early. Um, We'll be going crazy. Hopefully, uh, Maria takes a good nap and her dad's not too loud. <laughs> well, send us send us a picture. I'm sure there'll be one with all the kids in the Jackrabbit gear. But good talking yep. with you, and you guys, uh, you have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully both teams play well and get out of it healthy today. Yeah, you too. Good luck today. Thanks, buddy. Jeff Heggie, former South Dakota State player, and my brother-in-law joining us on Heard It Here with Swanee. When we come back, we'll wrap her up with our game day predictions, and I'll tell you how the game will go down next on Heard It Here with Swanee. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Two thirty kickoff at the Fargo Dome, North Dakota State versus South Dakota State. The game of the week in the FCS. If you tune in to ESPN's College Game Day in about twenty minutes, they're doing a feature on the rivalry. Ryan McGee from Marty and McGee on SEC Network, ESPN show, and their conglomerate under their umbrella. They're doing a feature on it. He had that really nice write-up, of course, yesterday on ESPN.com. Around the Horn in the Missouri Valley Football Conference today, it's Indiana State at Youngstown State. That's a 1 o'clock kick. South Dakota at Illinois State, a 2 p.m. contest. Western Illinois at Southern Illinois, that's a 2 o'clock game. Of course, NDSU hosts SDSU at 2.30. And Dixie State's at Northern Iowa, that's a 4 p.m. kick. We've talked a lot about what's going to decide this contest. And at the end of the day, friends, whichever team can... Control the ball, keep their offense on the field, and turn turn opportunities inside the 30 and inside the red zone into touchdowns. That's the team that's going to win. Both these teams, I think NDSU has an advantage offensively. I think SDSU's front seven on defense are going to be a challenge for the Bison. I think NDSU's front seven on Code Green has to play their best football game of the year. I think that secondary and even some of those linebackers for Code Green, how many times the last three games have we seen NDSU drop an interception and the other team go on and drive down and turn that into points after that? NDSU needs to take advantage of those opportunities today. Points will be at a premium. Whichever team does the better job with those opportunities, probably wins the football game. That's how it happens with this game every single year. Jeff is right. You know, it frustrates me that with uh, Jason Eck, their former offensive coordinator, and now Zach Lujan, worrying about the trick plays and everything else, that's not going to decide this football game today. It's time of possession and turnovers. It's that simple. And NDSU needs to play a clean football game. And I've been saying that. Travis Dunn around the rink coming up next, so stick around for that. They had a, a, a nice game um, against Quinnipiac yesterday, Travis, that, yes. that they're going to talk about. Yeah, you get, 
five talk about that and uh but North Dakota State man the bison if they're going to win today and I think they will I see a, a 2017 kind of contest they got to get the turnovers when they have the opportunities and they can't put the ball on the ground I don't know what that's been about all those fumbles you know Dom Ganella had a couple last week very uncharacteristic of him Tamaric Williams had a fumble but Cam Miller Cam Miller is silently putting together a really good year. Week after week, he just keeps getting better. And we saw that when North Dakota State needed him. I've been talking about it all year. When you have that third and six or third and seven and you need to convert and you need to throw the ball, what did Cam Miller do last week? That's exactly what he did. And Zach Mathis was a big part of it. I think Cole Payton plays into it today. But here's how it's going to go, my friends. This is going to be a D. Defensive slug it out contest. And the team that does a better job of those opportunities is going to be the Bison because they got Hunter Lipke, and he is a difference maker. And Kobe Johnson is a home run hitter. When the dust clears, it'll be the herd raising the Dakota marker sky high 20 to 17. Thanks to Adam Jones and Jeff Heggie for joining us this morning. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. And remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh.